Hi, this is David. Eating right is often hard these days, but eating better is easy with Factor's ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. With Factor, there's no prep and no mess. Their meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Plus, Factor is less expensive than takeout, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. What are you waiting for? Discover Factor's wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash living50 and use code living50 to get 50% off. That's code living50 at factormeals.com slash living50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Today's reading was edited and adapted from the book entitled Work by Hugh Black, published in 1903. Life is more than money and trade, more than business and cash transactions. If there were not more than this in our lives, nobler thoughts and larger endeavors, society could not have existed for so long. No individual can be wholly paid in money for their work, if it be true work. We cannot buy love, nor pay for it, and without love in all its grades and forms, our social life, and even our business life, are failures. Faithful dealing between people cannot be bought and sold. Such work is a spiritual thing, as well as material, and money has no currency in such trafficking. We need an ideal to save our lives from deadly dullness. We need the light of the ideal to inspire us and to ennoble our activities. Otherwise, what poor petty drudgery it all is, a meaningless bending of the neck to the yoke. We must make all our occupations truly spiritual, inspired by spiritual motives. To spiritual beings like you and I, there is no detail of life which doesn't have spiritual significance and the failure of our days is due to our neglect of the unseen in dealing with the seen, our forgetfulness to live every common hour in the power of an endless life. Viewed practically and put into simple language, the ideal of work is faithfulness, work done according to a high standard which we ourselves set up. The problem is that we have such easy and elastic consciences 
and such low selfish standards. What we'll get by, what we'll do the turn, is often all that we aim at. We do not put our conscience into our work. No work has ever lasted without conscience. How is it that the violins made by Antonio Stradivari became celebrated as the finest in the world? It was that Stradivari had an eye that winced at false work and loved the true. In other words, the individual who we are comes out in our work. Our character is revealed by our conduct. We would be all the better if we were a little more fastidious about our own work. We should find it harder to please ourselves than to please others. The self-respect that comes from a high standard will sometimes keep us true when we could satisfy the demands of others with less. The mere market standard should never be sufficient to us. We must never allow ourselves to be unfaithful to our better selves. We have no safeguard if we have not put conscience into our work. We may not be the master of our daily work, but we are at least master of the spirit in which we do it. We can try to be faithful, even when we cannot be great, or when the work seems commonplace. The Louvre in Paris has one of Murillo's paintings which depicts the interior of a convent kitchen, with angels doing the ordinary kitchen work, washing dishes, putting a kettle on the fire. The business of cooking is done with such grace that the menial tasks do not suggest anything mundane, but seem the fit and proper work of angels when they do it so beautifully. There are two opposite temptations which beset us all. On the one side there is the danger of the ideal, the temptation to look only for large issues, imposing duties, heroic enterprises, neglecting the opportunities at hand. But to mean anything, the ideal must be taken down into our lives and fashion itself in every act. The danger of the ideal is to miss the detail. Alternately, there is the danger of details making life a thing merely of patchwork. However laboriously stitched together, it is only patchwork at the end. There are people to whom nothing is great, who have a low soul contentment with the small. We can attend punctiliously to duty and be faithful in detail, but never once have our hearts been fired by the inspiration of a large love. The danger of detail is to miss the ideal. The proper attitude is attending to the small for the sake of the large faithfulness in the little because of faith in the great. Our life today is of a piece, and before we can come to anything like a true estimate, it must be viewed as a whole. 
we cannot speak of a person's character till it has gathered some sort of consistency. Every section of life must concur in our judgment before we can speak of a character is formed. All life has spiritual significance. Our character conditions our future, and our character is the fruit of all the past. Life is going on ceaselessly, and records itself infallibly and indelibly on character. A simple and plain fact of moral life is stated in the words, They who are faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. A besetting temptation is to despise our present opportunities in evolving ambition for larger ones, and in the aggrieved belief that we are worthy of better things than are possible to us now. No temptation is more common than this, and finds more victims. We scorn the plain duties which are before us, dreaming of wider and more noble tasks, sure of our capacity, if it were but recognized and put to great tests. There is a proverb that speaks of the fools who have their eyes on the ends of the earth and who miss the facts and opportunities that stare them in the face. The small suffers for the sake of the great. This temptation works havoc in every branch of life, domestic and social, personal and public, the home life, business life, political life, religious life. This temptation finds its easiest victims among those who do not attempt larger public work, but merely dream of it, and meanwhile neglect plain and simple duty. Such people are discontent with their present opportunities, because they think that they ought to be doing some nobler work, and merit a wider sphere of influence. Their inherent mistake is a failure to perceive that the spiritual and moral life is a whole, an unbroken line, and not one that can safely be left with gaps in between. When the line is broken, it means weakness everywhere. We cannot be faithful in some ideal way if there be no faithfulness in our actual lives. A test in the small sphere is as good as a test in the large, for the strength of the chain is the strength of its weakest link. Faithfulness is a moral quality, a thing of character, and not just a graceful adornment which can be put on and off without making much difference. It is of the very stuff of character and comes out as clearly in the little things as in the great. If it exists at all, it makes its presence felt in everything, and if it does not exist, it will be seen in nothing, neither the great nor the small. If there be no faithfulness displayed in the doing of small duties, the mere fact of having more important ones presented will in itself make no difference. A new and great opportunity may indeed be the occasion for calling forth a new capacity, 
and may give the whole life a new bent and the whole character a new strength. But this has been in spite of and not because of the previous failure. And if it is to survive, it must be so assimilated into the character that it will henceforth affect the small as well as the great. Trustworthiness is built up by being faithful in that which is least. How all-important faithfulness is in all human relations. Fidelity, for example, is the first quality of soul we look for in a friend. If a person is not faithful, what matters what graces and charms of manner be theirs? Fickleness is the opposite vice of mind and is fatal to any true relationship in life. Here also, as elsewhere, it is in the little things the test is keenest. Everything relating to this great virtue runs back, in the long run, to character. Faithfulness in the least things pertaining to art or work, attention to detail, has always been the mark of the highest character. All great people have had it. For one thing, it is the way to success, not in the vulgar sense of the word success, but in the true sense of gaining complete mastery of a particular work. Attention to every item, patient care in every detail, if they are combined with a large grasp of things as a whole, bring triumphant success in every kind of work. We must surely see the fallacy of refusing to be faithful in small things, because we feel that faithfulness in large things is alone worthy of us. We ask for heroic duties, but the duties that lie at hand are heroic. The so-called heroic occasions are after all often easier and therefore less heroic than the commonplace trials that daily test the stuff of which we are made. Life after all is largely a matter of detail. It is filled up to all of us with its routine of small duties and usual tasks and trivial acts. An hour is made up of moments. A day is made up of hours. Life is made up of days. The number of our days is the extent of our life. And the character of our days is the character of our life. With such a view of human life as this, we can see that it is not for us to pick and choose among the details of living. And not for us to think that we can label all the things we are called on to do as either great or small. We never know what are the great things and what are the small. We never know what will be big with consequence to ourselves or to the world. To fail in the small, to prove ourselves unfaithful there, is as serious as to fail in the great. In fact, it is more disastrous, for the person who has failed in the great may come down humbly to try again in the small and qualify once more for better things, while the fail in the small is like depriving ourselves of the last chance. 
The small is the stepping stone to the great. It is part of the natural order. Unflinching fidelity in a lower estate is the discipline for larger duties in a larger life. In the day of small things, constancy and faithfulness will carry us to noble ends.